0: there! Welcome to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Ritchie, and I have been a mentor and a scientist for 15 years, and I wanted to find a platform to reach more of the academic community than I interact with at my own university. My goal is to give you strategies and ideas for how to achieve harmony between work and life. Sit back, relax, and let's achieve harmony together. Hey there, this is Marilyn and welcome back to another episode of the Calm Podcast. I am happy to be here today talking about a topic that people ask me about all the time and that is productivity. People are always asking me for some of the hacks that I use to be productive when life is just so busy and there's so much to do. And so I thought this would be a good topic for a podcast. Now, I want to preface this by saying that a lot of the the productivity hacks that I'm going to talk about today are things that I've been doing for years, certainly pre-pandemic. These are pre-COVID mindset uh, elements. And... I am trying to do a lot of these things even still, and perhaps even more so pushing on myself to do some of them now as we are almost a year into working from home and and when everything kind of flipped on its head. But I do want to be mindful of the realities that a lot of people are really struggling and probably some of these strategies to be productive won't work right now if you are parenting, you know, elementary school kids and trying to get them through online school days and or you lost your job during the pandemic and now are having to, you know, do lots of other small jobs or uh, or other things to try to make ends meet. So uh, I, I do just want to acknowledge that these are things that can help one be productive kind of in a regular time, and they can be implemented during a pandemic as well, and I'm certainly trying, but they may not work for everyone right now. But nonetheless, some of these tactics, you know, I've learned from different podcasts and books that I've read, some of them I've just kind of come across through trying, you know, different things for myself through trial and error and I thought it would be great to share them with all of you. So I think that I've come up with a list of 10 productivity hacks that help me feel more productive and and also just be more productive. So the first one, I have heard this phrased a couple of different ways from different podcasts and different authors, and I think that the, the phrase itself goes back many years. I actually think it came from Mark Twain. So I'll give the Mark Twain quote first. So Mark Twain said, eat a live frog first thing in the morning and nothing worse will happen to you the rest of the day. So the productivity phrase that gets used a lot out of that is eat the frog. And the premise of this idea is that if you do the hardest thing first in the day, the thing that you really don't want to do, the rest of the day will be much easier and you'll be much more productive. And I have absolutely tried this strategy when I have a whole bunch of things to do and there's one of them that I just don't want to do. It's a difficult phone call. It's a challenging conversation that I need to craft you know, the start of in an email. It's something that I have to, uh, a manuscript I have to review. It's a meeting that I need to have Whatever the thing is, if I push it off for later in the day, the anticipation of that terrible thing is just there in my mind the whole day. And so I think about it off and on. My mind drifts away back to that thing that I don't want to do. I'm trying to get other tasks done, but that is just there lingering. Just weight on your shoulders like a monkey on your back and it just, it's there. Rather, if you just do the hard thing first, get it off your list, get it over with, then your mind is more at ease. That hard thing is done. You have dealt with the hardest thing of the day. And so your mind won't keep drifting back to the anticipation of the hard thing because it's over. Your mind can just focus on the other things that you need to do. It's hard sometimes to push yourself to do the hardest thing first because you kind of want to kind of build up to it or, um, you know, build up some confidence by getting some other things done. But for me, time and again, if I can just get that hardest thing done first, the day just goes so much smoother. So productivity hack number one, eat the frog. Number two, this idea actually comes from a high-performance habits author and high-performance coach, Brendan Burchard. I was participating in a training that he is doing called Growth Day. And in one of the trainings this month, he talked about this strategy whereby you should spend one extra hour every day on one of your core three. So first, let me uh, let me unpack this a little bit. The core three, first of all, are your three most important goals. He talks a lot about goal setting and going through your list of, you know, your to-do list or your goals. And typically the goals are, kind of bigger goals, not, you know, I have to do this one thing today. But your big goals, if you prioritize them and pick your most important three, what are the three main things that you wanna focus on? That's your core three. So then he says, spend one extra hour a day on your core three. How you do that is up to you. You could decide, I'm gonna focus on one of those goals and spend an hour on that goal each day. And you know, it could be that for a week you focus on goal one, and just every day it's one extra hour on that one goal. It could be each day you pick one of the three to focus another hour on. So, you know, on Monday you do goal one, on Tuesday you do goal two, Wednesday you do goal three, and Thursday you go back to goal one, something like that. It could be that each day. You take that hour and you divide it evenly. You do 20 minutes on each of the three goals. How you spend that extra hour is not nearly as important as being intentional about that time and kind of looking at your calendar, looking at what you have scheduled for the day, but finding one hour that you get to dedicate to the things that are most important to you and meeting your goals. And when I heard him talk about this, I was like, I don't know, does an extra hour even make a difference? And then I started really thinking through how much that would be. So if you, let's just focus on one goal to simplify it. If you have one thing that you really want to do, and for me right now, it's writing this book. I want to write a book. I have a title that I mean I don't have a an agent I don't have a book contract but I want to write a book called Achieving Harmony in a World Looking for Balance and I started writing it I have about 20,000 25,000 words written so it's about half of a book written I got to finish the book and so it occurred to me that if I made that my priority and I spent one hour a day on the book. And whether that's writing or editing, or working on the book proposal to send to some publishers over the course of a month, that would be 30 hours. Oh my gosh, I could get so much done in 30 hours. That's a ton of time. Now, if I sit here and think, all right, how can I get 30 hours to work on this? That's a challenge. Like thinking, you know, well, today, If I work for 8, 10 hours, there's really not much time left. One hour seems very manageable in a day. But over time, that one hour a day can really add up to a substantial amount of time. I mean, think about it. After 40 days, if you do one hour a day, that's the equivalent of spending an entire work week on whatever your goal is. So I really like this idea of just carving out one hour a day that is time that you can dedicate to your goals. And it's up to you what that goal could be. It could be something, you know, that is part of your, your job. And so for an academic, maybe it's working on that manuscript, that book. It could be working on... A proposal because you want to create a new center. It could be focused on the um, course that you're trying to build, but it also could be something in your goals that is related to something in your home or something with your family or charity work that you're doing. Uh, maybe you want to build a website for a nonprofit that you're um, volunteering, whatever it is, Whatever your top three goals are, pick some hour of the day that you can just focus on that goal or one of those three goals, and you'll be able to achieve that goal much faster. All right, number three. This is one that I struggle with, and it's part of why I wanted to really think about it and then talk about it, and that is being very mindful and intentional about multitasking and when it is appropriate to multitask and when you absolutely should not be multitasking. So first, I'm guilty as charged for multitasking. It is something that I feel like I'm really good at. And when I hear these research studies that talk about how no one can really multitask. I get all defensive, like, well, they don't know me. I can multitask like the best of them. And then when I really pay attention, I recognize that, yes, for some activities, I can. And for other activities, I am lying to myself if I think I can multitask and actually achieve anything of worth in either activity. So I would say there have been a lot of studies, and I'm not going to cite them all here, but uh, you've probably seen them. You've probably heard about them. They've been done in a lot of different fields, and they've shown that the majority of people cannot be as effective multitasking in comparison when they are focusing on one task. We all think we can do it, or maybe not all of us, but many of us think we can do it, and i Sadly, I think we're usually wrong. I, I do think there are certain types of tasks that we can multitask. For example, I can walk and listen and talk at the same time. So I have been known to go on walking meetings. So I'll be on a call that is a meeting and I will go for a walk. A walk in a loop or on a track or just within my neighborhood, not through a busy city with lots of traffic, just you know, somewhere that it is safe, that you don't have to pay attention to traffic. You can walk and, or I can walk and talk and listen effectively. I would say that's multitasking. I can use my elliptical or my stationary bike while listening and talking or watching something or reading, so I definitely have been known to read and and review a paper while on the elliptical. I feel like you know I can be moving, but also you know reading and thinking. That's fine. Um, I could fold laundry or wash the wash the dishes while listening to uh, to something. So if I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to a talk. I can do something manual with my hands at the same time. But there are other things I can't do. So I cannot listen effectively and be writing or reading something. I try. It is so often that I'll be, you know, listening to a talk and then something will pop in my head and I'm like, oh, I need to send that email real quick. And then I go to my email and I type out the email and then I come back to the talk. I have no idea what they're talking about. I've totally missed the details. I want to be able to write the email while listening to the talk, but I just can't do both. Maybe you can, but I would absolutely test yourself on that. And if you can test yourself in a way that is not, uh, you know, ready for public embarrassment, so there's nothing worse than. You know, somebody, somebody calling on you, you know, in the context of a meeting and you've been doing your email and then they ask you, you know, Marilyn, what do you think? And you're like, oh my God, what did they just ask? What were they even talking about? That is the worst. So test yourself. Pay attention to, a, you know, somebody talking, a seminar, a video, and then start doing email and then go back to the seminar and see if you know what they're talking about. The, not just broad strokes, general. Do you know the details? What did they just talk about in the previous, you know, two minutes while you were doing the email? I think you'll be surprised to see how challenging it is to do those types of things at the same time. And I know that we all try to multitask from time to time because we need to be in two places at once. We need to get all the things done, but I am trying to to be really mindful about it and intentional about turning off my email when I have to be listening to something or turning off something that I was listening to when I need to focus and read or write. And I guess I would say I don't necessarily mean just music in the background. So I actually read and think more effectively and write when there's music in the background. I like that background noise. That's different from listening to someone talking. So I can't listen to a podcast while writing or reading. I just, I can't focus on both. It's like the two activities need to be very different and using different parts of the brain for me, for that to work. And so if you find that you're struggling to be productive and get things done, ask yourself how much you're focusing your Brain power on the task, and how much you're trying to spread your brain power across multiple tasks. And if you find that you really are trying to multitask too frequently, see if you can dial that down and focus on one thing at a time. All right. Number four, this is probably going to sound counterintuitive. If you want to be more productive, take a break. It could be an afternoon off or an evening off. It could be a weekend. Take Saturday and Sunday and don't do any work. It could be a week. Maybe it's time for a vacation. I know that it sounds counterintuitive to take a break from your work when you feel like you have an overwhelming amount of work to do, but sometimes that is exactly when the break is needed. I know for myself that I need a reset. I need a pause, a recalibration, a break. I typically take a break on the weekends and do very little work unless I'm up against a deadline. And I know that I am different from a lot of my colleagues in academia. Many of them tell me that they work on the weekends. I mean, some have told me, you know, it's been like 27 days since I've taken a day off. I honestly don't know how they do that. If I do have to work through a weekend and I am on maybe day... 12, 13 in a row of like solid, hard days of work, I i am done. My brain is just not as efficient. I know that I'm not focused. I know that things are taking me longer than they should. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm cranky. I, I just, I, my brain cannot sustain that level of intensity for that long in a row. I know for myself that when I do take a pause and like I said, sometimes it's just a couple hours in the afternoon, like it's been a really rough morning. My brain is exhausted and I take a pause and I take a couple of hours off. It It's really important for my mental health, but it's also really important for my productivity. I can be much more efficient and accurate and do better quality work when my brain is not totally depleted of energy. And so I think that these periodic breaks are essential. And it's actually one of my frustrations in academia. We tend to kind of wear our exhaustion and the number of hours that we work as a badge of honor. And I'll see tweets like this often where like, day 24 without a day off, you know, going strong. And I just cringe. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, why are you not giving your brain a break? Why are you doing this to yourself? And maybe some people just love it so much that it doesn't feel exhausting to them. I don't know, I mean, I love my job. I love the science that we do. I love mentoring and teaching. I love research. I I really, truly love my job, but I still need a break from it from time to time. Um, I know for myself, I, I already have a week off scheduled at the end of March. My kids have a spring break from school, and so I marked my calendar, I'm off that week, and I know that I will be ready by then because I'm almost there now, to just unplug for a few days and think about other things. Part of what I like to focus on during, especially when I have a week off, is spending some time thinking about my why. Why am I even doing this job? Why did I choose this as my career? Why are we doing this project? Why did I sign up for this committee or this, you know, commitment? A lot of times just spending a little bit of time not doing the thing, but thinking about why I'm doing the thing helps me get kind of reinvigorated and excited about doing the thing. And so a lot of times I find if I take a week off work, I come back so motivated and excited about all of the things on my to-do list that I can't wait to get them done which is not how I feel the week before. I take a week off. I'm usually exhausted and spread way too thin and can't get everything done. So if you find that everything is taking you longer than it should, take a break. If you have you know so much to do that it's just impossible to take, you know, a full day or a couple of days off, Make it just the afternoon or the evening. You know, rarely do I work in the evening. Once I get offline for dinner, that's usually the end of my work for the day. I spend time with my family. I spend time with myself. I do things that are not my work. And that helps me to kind of decompress. And then I get up the next day and I'm, you know, ready to go. I used to work, so I do remember, you know, 15 years ago, I'd go to work all day, I'd come home, I'd eat dinner, and then I'd get back online. And then once we had kids, I would come home from work, I would take care of the kids, I'd put them to bed, you know, 7, 7.30, and then I'd get back online. And so I would be sitting with my husband on the couch, he would be, you know, watching a show or watching a movie, and I'd be sitting with him, but I'd be on my laptop, not listening to what he was watching, but getting more work done and i have to say i don't miss those days and it's hard now in hindsight to say you know at that stage of my career did i need to be doing that in order to get where i am now i don't think so i feel like if i had just been more intentional intentional about my time during the day I probably didn't need that time because back then I remember going out for lunch most days with colleagues and, you know, spending an hour at lunchtime, which was great. And I don't regret that at all. It was great bonding time and collaboration time. I would also go to get coffee with colleagues mid-afternoon. We'd walk to one of the coffee shops on campus and so that was probably at least an hour and a half or two hours of the day that I was at work that I wasn't actually getting work off my to-do list done. And so if I had to work a couple hours in the evening to catch up, it, it really was because I took a, a more leisurely approach earlier in the day. And so that is one other thing to think about. You know, If you are taking breaks periodically throughout the day, so You go for coffee in the morning, you take a long lunch break, you have coffee in the afternoon. I remember colleagues playing darts at work or ping pong or foosball. You know, if you're doing those things throughout the day, like that, those are breaks. And that could explain why, you know, you you still wanna be working in the evening or you need to be working in the evening. I guess my strategy currently is Like, get online for work at 8 o'clock, and then at 5 o'clock, I'm done. Maybe 6 o'clock. But I've put in a solid 8 to 10 hours, and by then I'm just, I'm toast. My brain is done. So if you're struggling to be productive, take a break. All right, strategy number five is to look for time management strategies. I talked about this on this podcast back in episode six. There are a few key takeaways from that episode that I'll just bring up now, but if you want to talk more and and think more about time management, I encourage you to go back to episode six. One is figuring out the best time of day for you. Are you a morning person? Are you an an evening person? Are you a midday person? Make that your key time to focus on your goals and your high-priority items. And then think about how you're spending your time. Are you making the best use of your time or are you wasting it? Are you spending hours on your phone just scrolling or playing games? Are you spending hours on Hulu or Netflix or wherever you like to watch TV and movies? And think about your time... And, and I like to think about time in kind of windows and pockets. So windows of time are these big slots of time where I can get a lot of stuff done. And when I'm thinking about how to manage my time and be productive, I try to focus on the important tasks that have to get done in those big windows of time. Whereas pockets of time are these little nuggets. You have 15 minutes before your next thing. You have 20 minutes while you're waiting for a kid to be done at a, an activity. And I got this concept from the book Fringe Hours, which is a book by Jessica Turner that I think I mentioned in the time management episode um, as well. But it's this idea that do those things that are kind of just mind numbing, like little things that they're kind of a waste of time, but they're just fun things to do. Do those in the little pockets when you have 15 minutes scroll your phone when you have 20 minutes watch an episode of some show that you like but don't take a window where you have four hours that you could get stuff done and then lose two hours of it scrolling your phone you'll be so disappointed in yourself so if you can think about how you're managing your time that will go a long way towards managing your productivity all right number six reflect on your priorities Again, I actually have a whole episode on priorities. That's episode 16 uh, of the podcast. This really comes down to, you know, what are the things that are most important to you? And there's a great quote that Tanya Dalton has in the book Joy of Missing Out. It's, you know, uh, JOMO. Instead of FOMO, Fear of Missing Out, her book is Joy of Missing Out. And here's the quote. Productivity is not about doing more. It's doing what's most important. And I love this idea. You know, it, it doesn't really do us any good to be busy and just constantly, you know, adding things to our to-do list to cross them off. The goal in being productive and kind of feeling productive is getting the things done that are important to you, the things that matter, the things that are working toward achieving your goals. If you focus on the important things, And this is whether they're quick tasks or if they're long haul tasks, these big dreams that we have. And what I would encourage all of us to do is to break those those long haulers, those big tasks down into quick wins. It's much easier to get things done and feel good about it when they're things that you can check off and get done quickly. If we could focus on those important things, we will feel more productive. The goal here is not to feel busy Nobody wants to feel busy, like like busy and running around like a chicken with your head cut off. The point is to be productive and to be making progress towards the things that we want to achieve. So if you can reflect on what your priorities are, and if you're not sure about that, go back and listen to episode 16. I talk through kind of how to work through that process. And then when you're looking at your to-do list or you're thinking about what needs to be done each day, make your priorities the priority. If everything's a priority, then nothing is a priority. You have to pick the things that matter and work towards achieving those, and you will feel much more productive. All right, number seven. I've kind of referred to this a couple times already, but it's this idea of making to-do lists. Now there are some people who discourage to-do lists and there are some people who don't like them. So if you're a person who gets overwhelmed by a to-do list, then just ignore what I'm about to say. But if you are an Enneagram type three, a uh, type A overachiever type person, you probably love to-do lists. And I like them for two reasons. One, it helps me not forget things. Things fall through the cracks if I don't write them down. I used to be able to rely on my memory to remember what I have to do. It doesn't happen anymore. There are too many things. If I don't write it down, it's lost. So I write it down so that I don't forget. And two, it feels good to first thing in the morning, I look at the list. What are the items that must get done today? And I pick my top my top three, my top five. I make it the today list, not You know, my to-do list has 25 things on it. I can't get 25 things done today, but I can get three. So I pick what are the three that are going to get done today. I try to group tasks where possible. So if I do have some phone calls to make, I'll look for a window of time where I have an hour that I could make calls, and I'll just kind of group those and just bam, 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 make the calls. If I need to, you know, fill out doodle polls, you know, for people scheduling meetings, I will pull them all together, get my calendar out and just do those. While you're in the mode of doing one activity, it can just be much more efficient and go a lot faster. And so if you have all of the things that you need to do written down, you can group them and then you can prioritize them and pick, you know, these are the three for today. These other three, those can wait until tomorrow or those could wait till next week. Um, It also helps on that to-do list to write due dates on there so that you know when things are due. Because again, once you have 20 things on your list, you're not going to remember the due dates. So if you're reviewing manuscripts for a journal, write the due date. If you're working on a revision for your paper, write the due date. If you're reviewing grants for study section, when are your reviews due? If you have those down, you'll be much more efficient at getting them done. All right, we're in the home stretch. Only a few more, and these are quick ones. Number eight, turn off notifications. Turn them off on your phone. Turn them off on your computer. Turn them off on your iPad. Have them off. And what notifications do I mean? I don't mean text or phone. You know, if your family needs to reach you, they need to reach you. I'm talking about email notifications. If you're like me and you get 200 to 250 emails a day, the last thing that you need is your computer or phone buzzing and dinging every time an email comes in. It dings all day. It's so distracting. Turn off the notifications. Have it set up that you pull the emails. When it's email time, you pull and go look at the emails. You do not need to have it open all day dinging at you because it's just a constant distraction. The other are social media. I don't need to know when someone liked my picture. I just don't. Later in the day, can I go and look at all the comments? Absolutely. But throughout the day, do I need to know when each person is taking their break and commenting on my pictures? No. And, and the way that these apps are designed, if you've watched The Social Dilemma, you know this, they let you know in a way that entices you to come look. So they won't tell you who commented. They won't tell you what picture they posted or what you know picture they commented on. They'll just say, someone commented on your post. And that intrigue leads you to go click. So turn off the notification. Just don't have it tell you that during the day. You could just go look later. And the other are the apps that have notifications. I think I have all apps notifications pretty much off now. I don't need to know when there's a 30% off at Kohl's or when there's a sale, you know, at my favorite pizza place. I just... I need to know when I'm about to go shopping online or when I'm about to order a pizza. I don't need the app to buzz at me all day telling me what's going on. It's just distracting. So where possible, if you can turn off the notifications, that will turn off distractions, help you focus and be more productive. All right. Number nine. Some people are going to hate this one, but this has worked really well for me. And that is to wake up an hour earlier than you need to for work. So if you have, you know, meetings that start at eight o'clock or your work starts at eight o'clock, so to get ready and have your breakfast and coffee or whatever, you'd get up at seven, set your alarm for six. If you you know don't need to be on till nine and eight would be your normal wake up, set it for seven. I have been doing this for the better part of the last two and a half, three years. I get up at six o'clock in the morning almost every day. And before you wonder, yes, even on the weekends, unless I have a late night, because as I've mentioned on this podcast before sleep is really important. If I have a late night, I let myself sleep in. But other days I get up at six. I use that time to read, to exercise, to think, to focus on me. And that time in the morning when no one else in the house is awake is just precious to me. Now, if you're not a morning person and this idea makes you cringe, you could kind of flip it. If you are a night person, save that last hour of the night for you or pick an hour in the evening that's for you. That's after everybody else has gone to bed. And this is not an hour that you veg out in front of the TV. This is an hour that you focus on your goals, your priorities, your dreams, the things that are important to you. And if you have little kids and kind of the beginning and end of the day are impossible, you know, maybe it's when they're napping or maybe when it's when they're at preschool. The point here is find an hour in the day that is yours to focus on you, your to-do list, your dreams, your goals. One hour a day is not too much to ask to focus on yourself. And this, you know, can be combined with what I talked about earlier, Brendan Burchard's kind of spending one hour a day on your goals. Yes, although in his, I view that as part of the work day. You know, an hour of the work day focused on your work goals, I guess is how I was thinking about that. This hour that I'm talking about, if you wake up an hour earlier, that's time for you to get started with the day, for you to, to settle in, to think about what you want the day to look like, to think about, you know, where you're headed and and really kind of be intentional about yourself having a good day. All right. We're at the last one. The last one is say no. Jen Hatmaker has a saying. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. The more that you take on and say yes to is a no to something else. You're you only have so many hours in the day. You cannot do all the things. You have to say no to some of the things. I'm reading a book right now by Erin Falconer that's called How to Get Shit Done. Why women need to stop doing everything so they can achieve anything. And it's the same idea. We have to say no. We have to do less. We can be more productive if we do less, which sounds like an oxymoron. The point is, don't try to do things that aren't yours to do. If we try to take on everything, we cannot be productive in the things that are important to us. So if someone asks you to do something and you your initial instinct is, uh, and you have to think about it, no. It's a no. No, thank you. Hey, do you want to go to this thing? Uh, no. Just say no. The worst is when we say yes to something, you know, to go to some event and then The whole week preparing for it, you don't want to go. The dread of going to the thing, you should have just said no. Or, you know, do you want to do this work project? I mean, there are so many cool projects we could do. But if we say yes to all of them, then we can't get any of our work done. It's too many things. We get spread too thin. And so as hard as it is, and I am a yes person, so this one is hard for me. I am trying more than ever to say no. And if you can say no to more things that don't matter, you can be more productive with the things that do. All right, my friends, we have come to the end of another episode. This was a long one. Uh, As I kind of pulled the list together, I didn't realize how many uh, little nuggets of productivity hacks I had in the list. So I hope these were helpful to you. If any of them you know, don't seem like they'll fit, don't try to force them into your, your flow. Just drop them. But if three or four of these seem like things that you've not tried and they might help you feel more productive and be more productive, by all means, try them. I would love to hear about it and hear how it goes. You can find me on Twitter, at The Calm Podcast, or on Instagram. My handle there is Marilyn Ritchie underscore podcast. And, uh, I hope to hear from you soon. Take care, have a good week, and I'll talk to you next time. You've just listened to another episode of the Calm Podcast. I hope that some of the strategies that I talked about are helpful to you in your journey through academia and life. As they say, it's not all about the destination. It's about the journey. Let's make it a great one. Until next time.